Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles, yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible, then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas, quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured <laughs> yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah What's up, everybody? This is Guys with Bibles. I'm Scott. I'm Sean. And I'm Lee. And today we got a special returning guest. Jeremy Lee. Wow, that sounded really monotone, Jeremy. Way to go. <laughs> yeah. way, way to go. Jeremy Lee. <laughs> <laughs> it, was his John, it was his Johnny Cash intro. <laughs> <laughs> so... Jeremy, tell you a little a about funeral? yourself. Maybe I am. Maybe <laughs> I am. Well, so tell us. I thought it was going to go differently. I'm a, a must have misunderstood. You did. Um, <laughs> it's we normal. can retake. It's normal. Don't worry. Every Baptist messes up in their lifetime. It's it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was predestined. So, Jeremy, go ahead and tell us a little about yourself. That way, the re. The viewers, they uh, probably don't really know who you are. So, so I'm a right now. I'm a transitional pastor at Fairview Baptist Church in Dayton. So, where do you um, transition from? The church is transitioning, not me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what gender is the church going to be? <laughs> not that kind of transition. Okay, that's good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anyways, um, I've been married for 25 years. Have Wow, that's Five a children. long time. Wow. Yeah. Your marriage is almost as old as me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, as I've been called by someone who shall remain nameless, I'm ancient. That's oh. crazy. Jeremy, when I first who would met say you... Who kind of a thing? jerk would say that? I, I don't... I, I never thought you were that old. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm 43 years old. I got married when I was 18, so... Wow. Oh, man. You, that's incredible. You're, you're not that old. I, I mean, you're graduated only... high school. Graduated high school and three months later got married. Wow, that's pretty awesome. So, and are you sure so, you weren't homeschooled? He was. I am positive that I wasn't <laughs> homeschooled. <laughs> that's like that's like the homeschool uh, tradition. Path. Yeah. Man, yeah, well. did that happen to you, Lee? What do you did... think? <laughs> <laughs> it must not no, be a very no, good tradition. No, this, this boy is single. Ladies? <laughs> I'm hearing crickets. Yeah, we need single a Single reformed ladies of Twitter, hit me up. We need there's, a cricket. Yeah. If there's any grandmas out effect. there with granddaughters, contact Lee. Yes. <laughs> so, so um, I, I, 
I pastor part-time and uh, as a transitional pastor and then I uh, I have a blog it's gospel conversations and uh, the inspiration behind it was the uh, Puritans used to have these gospel conversations with one another to encourage one another in the faith and so that's kind of what the idea of what the blog is and um, it's usually just topics things that I've been thinking about things like that and recently I've been having friends uh, join me in in uh, posting blogs because it takes me forever to write and it <laughs> I am able to put more in more stuff up with the help of others. Right. And you guys have helped me with the Order Salutis. Especially with and, the concussions. Uh, oh, that was so much fun writing those. That was a good series. So we appreciated that. We'll have to you, think of something else we can do together. You are so and, welcome. Yeah, the justification one was great. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever wrote that one. It had to end. <laughs> yeah. It had to end with perfection. So I mean it's just it's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, and, he, and you even got it in on time, which is pretty good. I was shocked myself. Yes. <laughs> so we, we, were, we were all shocked. <laughs> <laughs> it, it could only have been done by the grace of God. Because it really we was. Your nature. It really was. <laughs> I think you guys cheated me and told me it was due two weeks earlier than what it actually was. Yes, but that was because I forgot one of the <laughs> <laughs> things that we were doing. <laughs> Well, anyways, you just have to be there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, let's go ahead and jump into our topic today. What are we going over, guys? Well, we're continuing the series on uh, law and gospel. And we've already done several episodes about law already. So, it was now time to switch over and talk about gospel. All right. So who better to talk about gospel with us than our friend Jeremy Lee? <laughs> exactly. Who we made fun of a little bit on the most recent episode. So this is going to redeem. <laughs> well, I'm the, now I'm going to have to go back and listen to that one. Yeah, you will. Which one was it? I think it was it was praying the Psalms, I think. It was the yeah. bonus episode. I'll Sean, have to can listen. you corroborate? Um no. I, I was trying to remember. I can't even think of it. It was a while back that we recorded it. With who? Uh, just the two of us. It was that bonus episode because that just one night you couldn't make it, Scott. That, that was we on the song. We can make it if you try, the... just the two of us. <laughs> you and I. Wow. Which song are you quoting there, Scott? I don't know who sings that song. I ain't got a clue. It's Dr. Evil and Mini-Me. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, anyways. <laughs> so anyway, we're talking about gospel tonight. So shall I begin with the first question? You shall. It is a compound question. Oh. Okay. Oh. So what is gospel? Is this meaning different than the gospel that we would share in evangelism? Is there a difference between talking about gospel in the context of law and gospel? Or is it the same thing that you would say, go out and uh, preach on the street? Is there a difference? Bum, bum, bum. Well, the first place I go to when um, somebody asks what the gospel is, is 1 Corinthians 15. Um, That's and, exactly what I have, Jeremy. Whoa. And, and 
in honor of Sean, I'm reading it from the Christian Standard Bible. Oh, you what? are. <laughs> I don't like anybody but Jeremy. <laughs> what is going on here? This is like a Twilight Zone. I love you. So, so let me re- let me read it. It says, uh, starting in verse three, for I passed on to you as most important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve and so forth it lists the other people that um, he appeared to so it really the gospel is um, that Christ died for our sins uh, and that he was buried and was raised from the dead that's the content of the gospel now I have more to say but um, wow that so this has been a great episode <laughs> Scott where can they find us <laughs> <laughs> My my thing about um, so evangelism and the gospel um, is it different when we talk about it? I would say no. I mean, because we need to be living out the gospel that we have been taught through our daily lives. So they should see not only see but hear the good news throughout our lives. So when we mm-hmm. proclaim the gospel to unbelievers, we are to proclaim the same gospel that was taught to us through God's word, and we are not to deviate. Um, that's just my my take. Hmm. Yeah, I I think um, Sean did. Sean, did you say yes or no? Yes or no to what? To this question. Is it the same? I, I completely agree with Scott. I said no. Oh, you, you would. You would. <laughs> Wait, uh, Jeremy, you were saying something. I didn't want to interrupt yeah, you. I, well, my answer to that would be it depends on what you mean by gospel. Um, mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I just read that from 1 Corinthians 15, and obviously it says that's the gospel. But... Um, right the Puritans and other, the Orthodox reformed after them, uh, used the gospel, gospel in a se- several ways. Um, the, um, what I just described from first Corinthians 15 would be the strict sense of the gospel. Um, and John Cahoon, um, he wrote a book, he has a book called a treatise on the law and gospel, which I highly recommend. It's very good. On both the law and the gospel. Um, so he says, in the strict sense, the gospel's good news or glad tidings of salvation to the lost to lost sinners of mankind through that Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So that's that's the strict sense of the gospel, and Cahoon even argues that. Strictly speaking, the gospel doesn't even include the commands to repent and believe. That the gospel right. is just purely what Christ has done on the behalf of sinners. Now, mm-hmm. not all Reformed people agree with that. There's differences of opinion on whether the gospel um, includes the commands to repent and believe. But Cahoon mm-hmm. argues that in a strict sense it didn't contain that. But then they also use it in a general sense, 
which is almost the same as saying the Christian faith. Um, so the gospel can be used in the sense this this is what Christianity is. So um, and that so would definitional. Yeah, it. So it's um, in that sense, in a more general sense, the gospel would include both the law and the gospel, strictly speaking. So, um, I I think my my answer to that question is this: what you would tell somebody in evangelism? Yes, if you mean in the strict sense, this is what needs to be stated, but. If you're talking about the gospel in general, I don't think you need to tell everything that Christians believe. And, right. you know, they, they even included uh, the, the covenant of redemption, the covenant of works, the covenant of grace, all of that's the gospel, um, the fall of mankind and all, all the... Now, some of those things, obviously, you have to share in evangelism, but... Um, but I, as far as getting them, somebody to understand that covenant theology plays a huge part into uh, God's work in redemption and the covenant of redemption right. ahead of time and eternity past and all and that it, wouldn't be necessary. But right, and you don't, you know, you don't need to understand specifically how the Holy Spirit applies salvation and things like that. But in a general sense, that would be included. Sure. So our confessions yeah. really would be when we give somebody a confession or a creed, those would be uh, the gospel in a general sense. Right. It, you, you said that much more eloquently than I was going to, so I will, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to leave it there. <laughs> well, I, I got it mostly from Cahoon, so. <laughs> yeah, I like, you know, it, I like it's that always used, good to quote a dead guy. I like, I like that you used First um, Corinthians 15. Because um, whenever I think and want to express the meaning of the gospel to somebody, I always go to Romans. And I mean, Romans chapter 1 through 4, actually 1 through 6 really, is basically the gospel spread out in front of you, and it is just poured out by Paul. Um, mm -hmm. Paul just embellishes Romans with the gospel Fully, uh, like in chapter one, where uh, he's talking about we should not be ashamed of the gospel, and then he goes into uh, the depravity of mankind and how God has been has separated the enmity of God from Himself, and then it gets into none are righteous, not even one. None are good. Um, all men are wicked. Um, then it's justification by faith in chapter four, and then it goes back into and. And five and six, you have the results of justification. And then in six, you are dead to sin and alive to God once you have been raised from death to life. So, I, I mean, Romans is just my favorite to just go to and just flood through. Um, I feel it just breaks it down very well. Right. I, I mean, Paul even introduces it and said. You know, the whole point of Romans is for Paul to lay out his gospel that he preaches for the Romans who he has never met face to face. Right. So that that makes sense. <laughs> He's writing him a textbook. Yep. 
Cool. Anything else on this first question? Nope. All right. So. Moving question on. Question two. Question two. What What is it about gospel that contrasts so much with law? <sighs> okay. So here here's my take. So what contrasts does the gospel have with law? I think it's now modern-day society of the Western theology today um, that has confused gospel and law. They have flipped a, them around. Right. They flipped them around. It's now all about love. Jesus is your best friend. Come to him. Everyone is going to be saved, yada, yada. And we have amplified the attribute of God, of love, and we have put all his other attributes on the back burner. Um, so when we don't, we emphasize the love of the gospel, we're, we're pushing the law to the back. And it's, right. it's having no value to their gospel message. So there's no conviction, there's no um, repentance, there's no um, regeneration. You're making your best life right. now. Yes, exa- exactly. And I feel like they are creating false witnesses and false believers as well. Um, and I think they're just really pulling the wool over people's eyes with their false prosperity gospel. Well, and it's it's like so many other aspects of of bad theology or false teaching, uh, and it all comes down to either faulty theology proper, faulty Christology, or both. Because if you don't have a concept of God as eternal, pure, holy, and righteous judge, then the gospel is not going to make sense. And our natural inclination is we want to earn everything that we get. So we're going to take the gospel, and if we don't have the backdrop of the law and the fulfillment of the law in Christ, then we're going to turn grace into a, into a law in and of itself. And then you're having to work to earn the grace that's promised in the gospel. Right. When we don't have, we don't have the grounding of the fact that, that we're already condemned by the law, and Christ has set us free from the curse of the law so we can live under grace now. Right, it pretty much. But if you if you lose that perspective of the law, you don't understand any of it. Yeah, it just boils down to works righteousness. Somebody, I forget who it was, made a reference to something like this before, and equated it to you know you can hold a diamond in your hand and show it to somebody, and it it's not that brilliant looking; it's just a shiny stone. But when you get a nice black piece of velvet and lay it down, and put the right light on it, and then you put that diamond on top of that. It makes it so brilliant, and you can see all the little facets in it, and it shines and glows and is beautiful. And it's the same way, if we don't have the law that to backdrop the glorious gospel that's presented to us in Christ, then none of it's going to look like anything. It's not going to be glorious or valuable. Wow. I actually really like that analogy. Yeah, I don't usually like analogies, and that one really got me. I liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. So, Jeremy, what's your take? Well, I, I agree with what you all are saying about um, about giving up the law 
and really it's because we don't want a holy God. We want God that's loving and accepting. So, and, and the prosperity gospel does that, but they also, they also <laughs> turn grace into a law, as you said, because, you know, if you're not healed, if you're not wealthy, it's oh. because you're failing to live up to the standards and follow God's law. It's all your fault. Right, right. That is so, so true. Preach. They, they really, they turn both of them on their heads. They turn grace on its head. They turn law on its head. And it, it's a real mess. And, you know, I, I don't think I could live under the weight of, I think of Joel Osteen and how he smiles all the time and always <laughs> looks like he's unhappy, like his, he's happy all the time. Teeth. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I could live like that, thinking that I have to be that happy all the time. Mm. It's a prison. That, that would be a burden to me. <laughs> right. Absolutely. You can't eat. Well, and, can't. and it it doesn't jive with so much of, like, for instance, like I'm blogging through the Psalms right now, and so much of the Psalms are are of David or whoever whoever else is writing the Psalm crying out to God, uh, from terrible times, asking God, "Where are you? Why aren't mm-hmm. you coming to my aid?" and all this stuff. If, if we if we try to, you know, throw some happy pills at Christianity, and it's got to you've got to be happy and fulfilled all the time, then mm-hmm. the Bible will increasingly look foreign to you because there's a whole lot of struggle and desperation and suffering. I mean, yeah. yeah. If you think your life's not going to suffer even after you are born again, I mean. You're just fooling yourself, because mm-hmm. Jesus even says, "You will go through suffering. You will experience yeah. hard times, just because right. of my name. You In will fact, be persecuted. Your your life probably gets even harder after you become a Christian than when you were be, before you were a Christian. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've lost friends. The whole banner over your life is the stink of death to right. most people. Yep." You lose friends, you lose family. I mean, the Christian walk is not an easy walk, and people assume mm-hmm. it is. And even even some Christians assume their walk is very easy. And Well, so many American Christians do have an incredibly easy walk. Right. I mean, we, Whether we they get should a, or not is a different story. But. We get a set in AC, you know, we have electric. Yeah. Um, we get a I mean, come we, and go as we We have the freedom, we can... We can cruise and peruse blogs about the gospel all the time they're never censored they're up for free on the internet or subscribe to a magazine that gets delivered to your house or listen to sermons online and freely go to your to the to the church where you're a member on the lord's day and worship openly and carry a bible around you know it's it's a great privilege to have that kind of freedom and vast majority of american of, of christians not only in our time but definitely throughout history have had nothing like that so we yeah, we're a little we're a little spoiled exactly, exactly. i hope hopefully we make good use of it well and even calvin summarized the christian life as cross bearing and um self-denial yes hmm. that's that's what the christian life is cross the <laughs> Cross-bearing and self-denial. And he was certainly a good example of self-denial, too. Yep. Right. Do you know how heavy a cross is? It's heavy. <laughs> so if you're thinking <laughs> well, you're you going to bear something You only that's... had to carry half a cross. Right. 
I, yeah. I carried one down the Via Dolorosa when we were in Israel. No, I'm kidding. I was about to say. I was about to. Here we Shut go. Up. Here we go. We're about to dive into Israel. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Okay. Uh, anything else on that before we move to question three? Well, um, I, I wasn't sure which direction you were going to go with this question. So um, I was thinking about some of the differences between the law Ooh. and gospel. Yes. Um, for me, at least, it's beneficial to think about that. Um, if the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith, um, one of the unique things about it compared to the Westminster Confession is it, that it has a chapter on the gospel, uh, where, mm -hmm. whereas the Westminster does not. Uh, not that they don't believe in the gospel, but um, there were different circumstances. They, they had baby <laughs> baptisms to talk about. Well, maybe, but there were different circumstances because in 1644 uh, was when the Westminster was written, and then 33 years later, the London Baptist Confession was written. So things changed then. So there was probably need to clarify. So, anyways, I was mentioning uh, uh, the London Baptist Confession. It's chapter 20 on the gospel and the extent of grace thereof. Um, they, don't, they don't specifically name differences, uh, but in reading through it, you can see some of the differences. Um, so, the, the covenant of works, the law, was established at the beginning of creation. Uh, the covenant of grace or um, the um, gospel was promised after the fall so there's a difference there and then um, paragraph 2 I'll, I'll just go ahead and read this um, it says this promise of Christ and salvation by him is revealed only by the word of God neither do the works of creation or providence with the light of nature make discovery of Christ or of grace by him so much as in a general or obscure way much less that men destitute of the revelation of him by the promise of the gospel should be enabled thereby to attain saving faith or repentance that now earlier when in the confession when they talk about the law um, the law is revealed in our hearts so that's a natural revelation uh, the law is but the gospel is only revealed through special revelation so the law is all the world knows the law um, like like when a random prophet comes up to me in the airport and gives me a, a word <laughs> that's the gospel a download from the Lord <laughs> a download that's what they meant yeah. right I bet yeah <laughs> So, at, as they'd say on No Compromise Radio, henno. <laughs> everybody knows the law, and it 
it condemns everyone. And this this is why um, people, why there's, I don't know who first said it, but a lot of people say there's two religions in the world, the religion of works and Christianity, which is religion of grace. That's why all those religions are based on works, because everybody knows in their hearts there's a law. And the, mm-hmm. the way we get things in this world is you work for them. So they extrapolate that. So, well, it must work for religion and God, too. And that, so it, it all comes from that's that's from the natural revelation. And it's <laughs> uh, distorted, of course. But the gospel has to come through special revelation. First of all, through Jesus Christ. And then, of course, through his word and the preaching of the gospel. And without those, um, without that special revelation, uh, people aren't going to come to know Christ. Right. And I mean, everybody knows the law because all all I would have to do to prove it is steal, steal your wallet and you'd be mad at me because it's not right. And you know it. And so everybody knows the law. Everybody knows, generally speaking, right and wrong, uh, though they suppress it and all that kind of stuff. But there's a general sense. Yes. (laughs) So those, those are two of the differences. Um, Cahoon has a whole chapter on the differences uh, between the law and gospel, which are really good. Um, I th- but uh, I, I just wanted to share two, of, two with you. May, well, maybe three if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Tear it up. What, the first one will be from the Cahoon book. Um, so... This one I really like. One difference, he says, is in the condemning power. So the law condemns and cannot justify, but the gospel justifies and cannot condemn. <laughs> he, he's got that. My mind, my head just exploded. You got to get that. You got to get the book. It's really good. It's uh, a treatise on the law and gospel. Yeah, yeah, dude. Look for it on Amazon and then Amazon and put it in the show. No, don't get it from Amazon. Get it from Reformation. Uh, no, Reformation Heritage Books. It'll get it. It'll be cheaper shipping, and they'll get it to you quicker than Amazon. So skip Amazon and go to Reformation Heritage. And then I, I have two others as well. Uh, this is not from Cahoon. It's from Walter Marshall's book, um, The Gospel Mystery of Sanctification which you can also get from Reformation Heritage. Um, He says that the law requires doing, but the gospel requires not doing, but believing. And he even says in there in in that discussion that faith is a self-emptying grace, which I, I thought was really cool. And then he says the law stirs up sin and does not heal. The gospel mortifies and heals sin. So it kills sin and it heals it. 
the gospel does. So you can see that a clear difference. And you can also see how they work together. Um, so both the law and gospel are good. But the you can see, obviously, that the gospel is much better news than the law. It's a better covenant. So. Wow. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to write those quotes down. Those are... <laughs> That's that's both, awesome. Both of those books are really good. Um, you know, and when we're, we're dealing with the law and gospel, you know, um, Marshall really deals well with both antinomianism and legalism in his book. It it's a great book. Um, Cahoon does the same thing. Cool. Um, and, and both of these, as you guys know, are, are big problems today. People rejecting Huge the law problems. and turning grace into a law well we all know god broke the law for love oh, you know Aww. him him sending Je him sending jesus to the cross is just like a scared a scared dad uh uh driving driving too fast on the highway and running stop signs to get his kid to the hospital Look, because Look, they've got Steve hurt Ferdrick. is that the <laughs> fur tick <laughs> fur tick as in hera tick <laughs> Very. <laughs> yeah, it, well, and Jesus can't override your unbelief either, so just don't even bother trying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got to give him permission. Yeah, exactly. He's a gentleman. <laughs> um, man, those, I'll, I'll say those those quotes uh, in, in the last commentary, they're knocked out uh, the rest of our questions, actually. Um, randomly, does anybody have any key biblical passages that we want to read just to sort of cap off what we've been talking about i think sean said he had something he wanted to say after i was done yeah well we spent a lot of time on this question so i'm just gonna give out my i have three scripture passages uh there's hebrews 12 18 to 24 that contrasts um the the law and the gospel covenant of grace and the covenant of works do you want me to go ahead and read oh, that? Oh, yeah. Just... Okay. So Hebrews 12, 18 to 24 out of the Christian Standard <laughs> Bible. <laughs> uh, For you have not come to what could be touched, to a blazing fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to the blast of a trumpet and the sound of words. Those who heard it begged that not another word be spoken to them, for they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. The appearance was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. Instead, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to myriads of angels, a festive gathering, to the assembly of the firstborn whose names have been written in heaven, to a judge who is God of all, to the spirits of righteous people made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood, which says better things than the blood of Abel. Nice. And that that's a that's a that's so quite cute. a good that's that's a wonderful depiction of the differences between law and gospel. E even just verse twenty four, where it says Jesus' blood speaks of better things than Abel, because Abel's blood mm -hmm. was crying yeah. out for vengeance and justice right but jesus blood is forgiveness and grace and mercy that's 
Right. Good passage. And then I and then uh, I had Galatians four. Twenty-two to twenty-six. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave and the other by a free woman. But the only, but the one by the slave was born as a result of the flesh, while the one by the free woman was born through the promise. These things are being taken figuratively, for the women represent two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai and bears children into slavery, that is Hagar. Now Hagar represents Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our, and she is our mother. So that that's basically the same contrast, except he's using Sarah and Hagar. That's mm -hmm. you know the, the law we're slaves under the law to our sin, and we're free. Wow, uh, to God's promise and in the gospel so mm -hmm. the law kills the law cannot save but, you know that's so but the law does point to the one who can save and does exactly. and will exactly that's so funny that that both of your passages have to do with covenant because the one main text i i wanted to highlight in my notes was jeremiah 31 31 through 34 yeah i have that one written yeah. down too but I know, you know, we're all obsessed with covenants um, because it's the biblical way to go, you know. But <clears throat> what I liked about this passage is the fact that it, it does, it brings law and gospel together. Um, <clears throat> I'll go ahead and read it. Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and teach his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Boom. That's all I have to say. When, whenever, whenever I hear that passage, I think of um, I can't, I can't think of the passage now that it reminds me of. It's in. Uh, Does it remind you of Jeremiah thirty-one? No. <laughs> I think it's I think it's Micah six. You mean you mean Micah six or not? I'm sorry, seven eighteen. Who's a god like you? Pardon me. Yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. I knew it was in Micah. Micah okay. seven eighteen. That, starting there. That new co that new covenant passage that you just read always reminds me of seven eighteen to twenty in Micah. That's Who's a god is. like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression? For the, for the remnant of his inheritance. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins into the depth of the sea. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I wrote a blog on that you passage, did. actually. I edited a blog on that passage. 
and no one else read it. All right. <laughs> nope. Nope. Any other? But that's all I had. I just I just had those two passages. So right on. That I wanted to talk about. Any so. any other ones? No, I think that's it. Cool. Well, any final thoughts on the subject? Because I think isn't this going to be our cap for the long gospel series that we're yeah. in? Yeah, pretty much. So three three on the law and one on the gospel? <laughs> <laughs> How many did we do on the gospel? It's because we put 110% into this episode. We brought you in. <laughs> yeah. After you're here, what what else could we say? Yeah. You brought the anointing, Jeremy. I'm sure that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> you brought the fire. Glory! <laughs> hey, man! Hey, mine! All righty. Sean, where can they find us? I... Oh, okay. Just throw it at me. <laughs> um, you can go to our website, uh, guyswithbibles.com. You can read our blogs there or listen to the podcast. Um, you can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Overcast. And you can search for us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I think that's the three that we're on. Um, and just search Guys with Bibles and you'll find us. You can follow us. Or if you want to... Send us an email directly. It's guyswbibles at gmail.com. All right. Hey, Jeremy, go ahead and give you a shout-out for your website and how they can reach you. Um, the website is gospelconversationsblog.wordpress.com. Um, you can reach me there, um, or you can look me up on Facebook. I don't go on Twitter because Twitter's a sewer. So. Oh, I agree. <laughs> it really, it really is. Twitter's what you make it, bro. <laughs> also, if you have any heavy complaints about this episode, you contact Lee Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tweet at me because I'm the only one that that uh, looks at our Twitter. Right so. on. <laughs> Hit me up. I don't. He is, Lee a, is rabid a, a rabid Twitter. Twitter. I'm not even friends with you guys on Twitter. No, I tried to find you. I don't think. Are you on there? Yeah, I'm on there. You, Heck yeah! You need don't. to follow guys with Bibles. There's going to be so Stop. much great content coming your way. <laughs> oh my word! That I won't see. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, you don't like I said, Twitter's yeah. Twitter's Twitter is like life. It's what you make it. <laughs> And this is Guys with Bibles, and we are out. Spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. <laughs> Swallow the medicine. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> so should I stop recording now? Because oh no, this is a bunch of nonsense. We are nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> now you can stop recording, Jeremy.